Thank you for listening to the A Stomping Ground on 365 Sportscast. The A Stomping Ground is sponsored by Dent Solutions of Napa Valley, House Doctors Painting of San Jose, and American Asphalt of Hayward. Now, back with you for another hour of Ace Talk, your host, Brandon Greco. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ace Stomping Ground. I am your host, Brandon Greco. And whether it's 365 Sportscast, Spotify, or any of the other apps that I'm streaming on, thank you for listening, thank you for tuning in. I am in a much better, well, can't speak though, a much better mood today than I've been the past couple shows talking about the A's. I'll get into all that. There's some pretty obvious reasons. We were talking about the trades. We'll be talking about some of the newcomers. We'll be talking about the injuries and what's next on the schedule. What do the A's have to do to get into the playoffs and make sure that they can try to catch the Astros, keep it as close as possible, keep this three-game lead on New York. So we'll talk about what I think they can do and what this new group of players has already done and just giving me hope. The hope is back. That's all I needed with this team. I was getting pretty nervous, but they had a good showing with this new team. When everyone was there, they went on and won. And, you know, just that's comforting. When the plan that you have when you go out and get everyone and then the first game you play with that new team that you're going to have the rest of the year, unless there's injuries, but that main team that you think you could have for the rest of the year, you win game one, you have to be feeling good. Win 8-3 against the Angels. So we're going to be talking about all that. We're going to be talking about what's next. We're going to be talking about this Padres series. So all of that is coming up after Things in Dents, which is sponsored by Dent Solution. How many of us have parked far away to try and avoid having someone or something dent our car? If you are like me and love your ride, I guarantee you hate dents. It can be a hassle dealing with insurance or simply finding that correct paint job for that fine finish. Well, it doesn't have to be a hassle. Dent Solutions specializes in the art of paintless dent repair. Just like you need a specialist for neck and back pain, when you have a dent or a ding, you need the dentologist. With Dent Solution of the Napa Valley, San Rafael, Marin, Petaluma, Novato, Fairfield, and Vacaville. For over three decades, Ian Cordol has provided five-star service, specializing in world-class repairs. It's a true art, and if you're a victim of unsightly dents and dings, then the dentologist is your fast, affordable solution to those minor dents and dings. The dings and the dents with this team, I said I was going to stop and saying them, but still looking at them, and is that waste of a contract. Trevor Rosenthal, done for the year. Mike Fires, I don't know if there's any more news on him. I think it's still uncomfortable with the throwing. Not sure when or if he'll be back this year, but you got to keep a pot. You got to keep. You got to keep positive with that. I'm still having problems throwing the same update July second. Chad Pinder as of July twenty fourth. I think the same thing I said last week. The same report. He's back to baseball activities. You just got to make sure that he's fully healthy when he comes back. And there's going to be a, another roster move for sure when he comes back. So I guess we'll just have to see what that is. And then the newest one. James Caprillion, the day of the deadline after his last start where he got roughed up by San Diego a little bit, had shoulder inflammation, not considered super serious, shoulder impingement, which is something I had actually, which was did not feel good at all. I'll talk about that later. And then, so he's on the 10-day IL. With that, we call up Dalton Jeffries. So those are the things in the dents with this team. Rosenthal out for the year. Fires. I don't know about out for the year, but it's not looking like he's going to be back anytime soon with under 60 games left. We just got to see. Pender, Caprellian, probably both should be back by mid-August. That's what I'm thinking anyway. Caprellian, 10-day injured list, maybe a rehab start. If it's not super serious, then he should be okay. But the injury that he had was something that I had when I played a couple years ago. And when I was growing up, I used to play third base shortstop eh, not shortstop maybe that was like two years but third base and after a while it started taking me a, a lot longer to get my arm loose it felt like it was just super tight even throughout the games I never felt like I was able to get it loose long story short I moved over to first base just because it took so long for my shoulder to kind of feel back to normal again and just throwing throwing the ball you got to strengthen it 
So at this point, God, you have to rest it, but at the same time, when you come back, you have to be able to throw and get that arm strength back up, which is kind of a weird mixture of, I guess that's how it is with any injury. You have to rest it, and then when it's okay, you have to use it and build back strength. The shoulder is tough when you're a pitcher, especially, because it's not like a leg injury where you could keep the arm loose. It's not like an, an offhand injury where you could keep the arm loose. Anytime it's a problem with your throwing arm, that is going to be the longest to recover from because that's not something you can work out while you're healing something else, especially in baseball, where unless you're a DH, you need your arm pretty much at all times. So Caprellian, they're saying it's not super serious. Shoulder impingement, something that you just have to be careful of so it doesn't get worse and turn into that rotator cuff tear. I don't know if I'm saying this all correctly. This is just kind of what I feel like I remember from when I had the same kind of thing going on. So rest, and when he feels like it's able to be used, you just have to slowly amp that back up. Hopefully it won't be too much longer than 10 days. Dalton Jeffries got his first, I think he got a win, and that's in his second start looked a little rough at first. So I'm glad that he's still on the team. I'm glad that he's still on the team. I thought maybe that was going to be one of the, st the starter in the minors that got traded. It ended up being Jesus Azardo for Charlene Marte. And um, I'm okay with having Dalton Jeffrey still on the team. I think that there's going to be some hard times in the next couple years for the A's organization, for the A's fan base. And Dalton Jeffries and James Caprillian could be guys, could be are one and two on this on a team that might not be winning any games who knows if they're these are going to be guys around long term but as of right now both of them rookies you still have your what seven years of club control in the big leagues for a team that who knows maybe after next year may not be ready to compete for another five years after that which would be the seven year window that they have so who knows maybe that these two guys these next couple years are going to show something and they could be on the staff, or if not, they could help be pieces into speeding up the process to get back to what we what we thought we had going into 2018, which was a team that looked like if they just were, got added onto at the right times, they could have made probably a serious a serious play for a World Series. They couldn't get past the wild card game two of those three years. They beat the White Sox last year, and now this year you lose maybe the two heart and souls of if I mean if it wasn't Hendricks last year out of that bullpen it had to have been Simeon those were the two I feel like biggest leaders on this team they both left you have this other group start 0-6 ah, man it was just it just wasn't looking good but now here we are on Tuesday August 3rd at 12:55 p.m. when I'm recording this and I'm trying to now just think that the season just started and the A's unfortunately started the season back at the Astros for four and a half games. So for me, the season just now started. That's how I want to view this trade deadline. And I think that that's how good of a trade deadline it was for the A's. Now, like I said, even the, no season starts when you're already down four games. Four and a half. But with the acquisitions that the A's just made in what with the acquisitions that the Astros just made, the Astros do have the second best record in baseball by, I think, there are two games, two, three games behind the Giants for the second best record in baseball after the Giants just took two out of three from Houston and San Francisco. So that happened. Also, something else that will be talked about, the Astros losing to the Giants, but the A's not being able to beat the Astros and apparently not the Giants. So we'll kind of compare there. And then also we're going to be talking more about what's next on the schedule. We're going to be doing last week's games recap. So I think that I'm going to start with what we saw last week out of this team after the last time I talked to you. So I talked to you, I think last time I recorded was possibly even before the first Padres game. So same as this week. The A's ended up losing that 7-4. to four. That was James Caprillian last start, one that he did not pitch super well. He gave up some runs late in the fifth that kind of added on to that. It looked like a pretty good performance. Through three, he had just given up two. Uh, Tati's two-run homer. 
In the fifth inning, he gave up, I think he ended up giving up six runs. And at the end of the fifth, the A's were losing 7-3. to three. The A's lost that game by a score of 7-4. to four. That was... That was before all of the moves were made. I think that that was actually... Maybe Chafin pitched in that game, or that was the game before Chafin pitched, or the day they got Chafin. It was right around there, so that was kind of before the uh, the new A team kind of uh, came into play. So then Wednesday, what we see is the A's maybe start to look like the bats are getting hot. They make that trade for Marte, and who knows, you're feeling re-energized. The team just got a nice shot in the arm from one of the better players in baseball, someone that's already had four stolen bases with the A's. Someone that's getting hit with the A's already, drawing walks at the top of that order. He didn't play in that game. Chafin pitched in that game. Shamanaya pitched amazing in that game. Six innings, one walk, one hit, 90 pitches, nine strikeouts. To the Padres, one of the best offensive teams in maybe the past couple years. This team is absolutely ridiculous with who they have on their team. Shamanaya said, doesn't matter. I'm going to pitch one of the best games of the season. Six innings. Nine strikeouts, one hit, one walk. Absolutely phenomenal. So from there, you have to be feeling good about yourself. You just lost, I think, four in a row leading into that game. I think going into that game, you're a little bit ahead of the Yankees, like four and a half above the Yankees, you're three above the Yankees, you're a little bit ahead of the Mariners. So then going into this next series against the Angels, the Yankees were playing the Rays, the A's were playing the Angels. That started with the Rays 14-0 win over the Yankees and the A's 4-0 win over the Angels. I'm just saying those scores to kind of compare with, show you, make a point that I'm trying to make as well. So the A's didn't give up any runs. Frankie Montas, seven innings pitched, 10 strikeouts, three walks. The walks, we don't need to talk about that. But seven innings, no runs. We like that. And the four runs, they scored two in the three in the first. weren't able to score again till an error in the seventh. So that kind of was okay. A's of the old, A's of I guess a week ago. Score early, not often. Luckily enough, Frankie Montas had a good outing and was able to shut the Angels down. The Troutless Angels. Friday, A's went two nothing. That was the third straight shutout the A's had over the Angels, and in the game that the Astros also won. So no. Division move up there. The Yankees also won that game against the Marlins. Saturday, July 30th, the Yankees won. The Astros lost. The A's lost. one nothing. The A's lost that game one nothing in a game where the Astros got pretty much just outslugged by the Giants. I was watching that game more than I was watching the A's game. I mean, who wants to want, watch a one nothing game? Not me. I'll watch a game where... Astros go and hit a home run to give, give them the lead, and then the Giants came back and hit a home run and took their own lead. So that game was a little bit more exciting to watch. A game that I was kind of hoping that, well, like, I was hoping the Giants would win, and they did. I'm not saying that often, but when the Giants are playing the Astros, I need good things to happen. And this week, the Giants were able to help us out by winning two out of three. The same weekend, we won three out of four. We won on one of their off days. I think the game that we lost was the game that a game that they had won so it's just you get you just got to be able to uh, I'm trying to think I mean you can't say we're gonna win today because they lost and we can, we have more leeway because I don't know but when the team that you're chasing loses and you're a team that has been there before you need to be able to play I mean okay you can't win every game but you can't be losing games to the Angels one to nothing their offense is better than the A's been all year. Without Trout, their offense has scored like 50 more runs. They have more homers, more hits, probably less strikeouts. And you give up one run. Shohei Otani had an RBI double. I'm very, I'm pretty sure, yep, third inning of that game. And that's all she wrote. One nothing. Offensive, offense wasn't there. We, had, we out-hit them. There were, I think, four or five hits that the A's had with nobody on and two outs in the inning and failed to do anything after that. So that was kind of, um, that was something that has been really, I think, kind of holding this team back is when they get hits, it's when no one on, is on base. They just can't string them together consistently. And the walks, it feels, feels like they keep getting the bases loaded and they don't, they have like one hit in the inning and they can't even score. The run that they score is on a 
double play that is like, yeah, we'll take the two and give up the one. Every time the bases are loaded, it's like, okay, I just don't want to see, I just want to see one run. You know, you see the bases loaded, you're like, okay, we should at least be getting two. With the A's, I just want to be able to see that guy take a couple steps down the third baseline and not walk back after the first two guys strike out and then someone hits one to the wall. There's just bad approaches on this team. And it shows when you lose one nothing in a game where you have consistent guys on. I mean, teams get shut out. But there were base runners. There were threats. There were walks that, that happened. Six hits, one walk. So you have seven base runners, a couple extra base hits as well. You think that you should be able to at least squeeze some in. Two out runners left in scoring position. Mark Canna left on two. Olsen left on one. Ramon one. Jed Lowry one. That's five. The team left eight on base in total. So all their runners got on, I'm pretty sure, with two outs. They had three doubles in that game. Nope, that's it for their extra base hits. And one double play. And I do think that double play was with first and third and one out, or first and third and... Well, it would have been first and third with one out. If no outs, he would have scored. Two outs, it's not a double play. First and third, one out, double play. Just bad, bad things are happening to this team at bad times. I'm not totally sure... What was going on with this team the first 100, the first 90, 107 games of this year? This way too inconsistent. So, you have one more game to play without the reinforcements. False, that was the last game that they played without their reinforcements. And the Giants won the next day. The Yankees also won the next day. So, you, game, you get a game on the Astros. The Yankees stay right where they are. But another division win, you find yourself at 60-47 and 47 going into a day off against the Padres where Dalton Jeffries came up, which we talked about earlier. Five innings pitched, three earned runs, three Ks, three walks. He gave up a two-run home run, I think, in the first. He gave up a RBI double or something in the second or third. Let's look. Just got to scroll down. In the second, yes. So the first and the second, he gave up all his runs. The A's came back and scored five in the top of the third put them right back in front and they scored one in the fifth and two in the sixth. Jan Gomes had probably the best offensive game that A's catchers had all year. Starling Marte had maybe one of the best overall games in A's had all year. Three for four, a walk, three stolen bases. The power wasn't there overall. I will take that every day. I don't care if you're hitting home runs. If you get on base four times, you steal three bases, lock this guy up. Bring him back. Josh Harrison, one for five. Hey, I don't even care. He got a hit. That makes me happy. He got the same amount of hits as Matt Chapman, I feel like, in the whole series. No, Matt Chapman had a home run in that game, I think, in that 2 nothing win that ended up being pretty big. You know, give him an extra run. I think in that bottom of the ninth, even, or, yeah, bottom of the ninth in Los Angeles, Torino was pitching, got, made it a little interesting, and my first thought was, thank you, Chapman. Thank you, Chapman. We needed that extra run, so I've, I'm going to kind of focus on this game a little bit. Torino did not pitch, but all the other guys that you'd like to see down the stretch for this team have good innings, build off of it. Petit, one inning, one strikeout, no runs. Diekman, one inning, two strikeouts. I don't even care about runs. No walks with Diekman. He didn't walk anyone. If he's not walking anyone, not many teams are going to be able to string two or three hits together against this guy. They need people to be on base. So, you know, you get a single, you move him up. A wild pitch. He threw five in, like, one inning. So Diekman, one inning, two strikeouts, nothing. Andrew Chafin, another new, newly acquired member. One inning, one hit, nothing else. Sergio Romo, who's been on an absolute tear, his ERA is now 3.35, and believe it or not, the guy who couldn't get anyone out now has a whip under one. So that means for every inning that he pitches, he is now averaging less than one base runner an inning. For someone that I probably can look about 10 games ago, his ERA was at 4.35, and that whip was probably right around 1.2. I can't find the whip, but I remember it was... It was pretty high. It was over 2 at one point. The ERA at one point was also over like 9. 
It was at 11 at one point. So, Sergio Romo, thank you. I rooted against you for years. Maybe a lot of A's fans did. Maybe that's why you came and decided to struggle a little bit. But we like you right now, and we need you. Boy, do we need you. So, in that game, Marte, Gomes, and Josh Harrison. I got to do some quick math. Added up going... Boop, 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 6 4 14 3 stolen bases Marte 1 extra base hit from Gomes 3 RBIs and 4 runs scored That's like half the offense right there Josh Harrison really didn't do much he went 1 for 5 with a single in his last at-bat of the game with like one or two outs in the eighth. So that really didn't mean anything. But for him to also be the only guy in that point without a hit in the lineup, and then to come in your last at-bat with your new team, you get a hit. Everyone that played had a hit. Andrews, Chapman, Harrison, each had one hit. Loriano, Olsen, and Canna each had one hit. And Marte, Lowry, and Gomes all had multi-hit games. So that was really great to see. So that could be one of my favorite things to look at from that game because, you know, every once in a while, Chapman would have two hits or Andrews could get two hits. But, I mean, I guess Tony Kemp and, you know, everyone every once in a while each game here and there can get two hits. But it seems like consistently if it were to be done, it was from Loriano, Canna, Lowry, or Olsen. Those were the four to seem like these guys should probably have a multi-hit game of just about every game. Loriano has been struggling. He's hitting un like under 250. But still, when he's up there, he's exciting. And you know what he can do. You know what Chapman can do. You know what a lot of these guys can do. But Loriano, I think, at any moment could just pop off and it could just he could carry a team. But now you add Josh Harrison, Jan Gomes, and, and Marte, Starling Marte. Harrison and Marte... Each, both hitting over 290. Gomes hitting now, I think, 275 on the year with that game that he just had. So both of these guys, as I've said last, or I haven't said this last week, I've been saying it just like, just talking to my friends about the trades. The trades that they made, those guys had four of the five highest batting average, three of the five highest batting averages on the team. The only person that, was higher was Olsen at 280-something over Gomes' 270 when he got here. But other than that, Marte, Harrison just fit in with the two guys with the highest batting average on this team. Gomes instantly slots in at third, and is, or at fourth, and is about to be the third with how Olsen is trending the past couple games. He did have a home run that last game, I think, against the Angels, so who knows? Maybe that's a sign of things to come, especially for this Padres series. And this off day that we have, I think we'll have another off day on Thursday. I kept saying that last week, but now that I'm thinking about it, we may, they may not have an off day on Thursday. They do have an off day on Thursday. Uh-uh-huh. Okay. So they have an off day Thursday before they play Texas. So they have two games against the Padres before a three-game trip against Texas this weekend. You have this off day Monday after these new guys come in. They weren't here the game of the trade deadline. They weren't here the day after. They, it took them a second to get in town. First game they're here, they score eight runs. And now you're facing a Padres team that, as I was saying, one of the better offensive teams baseball's seen in the past couple years. This off day is probably perfect. Give everyone, you fly home together, you're hanging out, you're at practice, allow these guys to come in and bond with the team, connect with the team. It's nice because Everyone has played together on this team with all the guys that they've brought in, maybe other than Chafin. I think actually I might have heard that someone played summer with Chafin, but he was with the Diamondbacks, and yeah, I guess so actually, because last year, Starling Marte was on the Diamondbacks before he got traded to the Marlins, so they, unless he was on the Cubs last year, but I think that Chafin and Marte might have played together. Marte and Harrison played together when they both first came up in Pittsburgh. Gomes and Harrison obviously just played together in Washington. And then some of the other guys you bring in, Romo, 
maybe played with some of these other guys, but definitely played against everyone. And then Moreland and Andrews, you bring them in in the beginning of the year, they had plenty of years together in Texas. So the guys that they're bringing in, unintentional or not, all kind of know each other, and or at least know of each other. And I think that's pretty huge because I'll say Chris Bryant to the Giants. That was a great trade for the Giants. I'm not saying that it's the fact that he doesn't know anyone is going to impact how he plays or not, but he goes to a team that he's played against his whole career, especially being with one in one team his whole career. Might need some time to get used to not being around all his best buddies, but then with the A's and the trades that they've made and the players that they brought in, at least they're bringing in guys together that know each other, so you know you go somewhere alone. It's like, ah, oh, crap, Who, how am I going to reach out to people that I don't know? Am I just going to walk up to someone random? Or am I going to walk in with this guy that I know, and then we'll do it together? And I'm not saying you're a group package, but you know you are able to probably feel more comfortable having someone that you already know. Especially with me, if I'm going out to meet people, I'm very quiet at first, because I like to read the room, kind of feel people out for who they are. You know, people come across super nice, the fake, hi, how are you, how's it going? But I don't know, I don't know who this person is. You know, give them a little bit, feel them out. But you go into a room with someone that with someone that you know, and then it's a lot easier to maybe open up to more people because you have that safety of someone else that you have. So, and who knows, maybe that's the case. Harrison and Gomes, I guess Harrison, at baseball is baseball, but Marte came, but when he was by himself, he I think he was two for his first 12, two walks, so nothing too special. And then as soon as everyone else gets here, three for four, a walk, three stolen bases, two runs scored doing exactly what we got him to do so who knows maybe everyone just felt a little bit more comfortable maybe when maybe when they arrived and you're looking at this group that has Pender coming back you have AJ Puck pitching well in the minors there's pieces that are also going to be coming back to this team Caprillion will now come back they have to be feeling really good about themselves and I feel really good about them I'm really excited in the middle of recording this, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but I stopped for a second. I was just on the phone with my dad, and he was saying, oh, man, Chappie in the eight hole, that's kind of rough about the lineup. And I'm like, yeah, it is, but if you think about it, that's not a bad person to have in the eighth hole. I mean, he's hitting 220, but he has the 14, 15 homers. He has the RBIs. He has the potential to, I mean, one of the better eight hitters in baseball if he's hot and if he does heat up he'll move up and then you have Andrews behind him who is someone that can get guys over get on base so Chapman batting eighth with that extra base hit potential at any time Chapman or Andrews behind him be able to hit the ball to the right side get someone over for the top of the lineup that's a lot better than Tony Kemp and then Josh Harrison could be up higher in the batting order so I mean it just makes everyone it just fills it it's amazing it's amazing what they did. I was not expecting it. I was saying that I thought that they would make the three trades after I think that Chafin trade, or two trades, three trades in total. That's exactly what they did. I said if they would have made a four, a fourth trade, I think that they would have been reaching for something. But they ended up kind of doing the opposite of what it seemed like they were doing. They did not get Richard Rodriguez who I was convinced and certain and wishful thinking that he was going to be an A. They did not get him. He ended up going to Toronto, I believe. I could be wrong. Atlanta. He went to Atlanta. So the A's did not get Richard Rodriguez. And I guess they feel confident enough with their bullpen and only bringing in Chafin. And you know you have Jeffries. And you know you could bring up Puck. So they have options inside the organization, which is smart, which we knew they had. But I think that, I guess we'll just have to see. Maybe they're thinking, it's just an ace thing to do. You have a decent offense, you add a piece, and then you strengthen the bullpen to not give up runs. But here they said, we'll get another depth piece in that bullpen, who's also really good, and a lefty. So amazing that they went out and got their lefty. If they wouldn't have gotten a lefty reliever, I, if they would have gotten Richard Rodriguez instead of Chafin, I, I probably wouldn't have been happy with that like thinking about it now and just the dire need of left-handed pitchers in that bullpen because Deakman can't be the only one on a league that now has Otani and 
Rizzo and Gallo. Well, there's a bunch of guys, but those are the three that those are the three that come to mind immediately that are in your division and on the Yankees who is chasing you. So you see Gallo and Rizzo in the sixth. Your starter's rough. You throw Chafin out there, and they won't come back up. You don't have to throw you don't have to throw a righty in there and you know not feel as comfortable. Now you have your two lefties in the bullpen, and you still can bring up Puck, which I think will be done. And if this is a team that does make the playoffs, which with these trades now probably puts them as a favorite to be in the playoffs. I don't know about the division, but I think that they definitely have, they'll probably be a wild card team. I'm hoping that they could get that first one. I guess we'll just have to see. But pitching, pitching depth in the playoffs, matchups in the playoffs, that's what it's all about. So they were able to go out, get their lefty who has through the team or with the team through next year. So he'll be around at least for another season if they don't move him. That's that's amazing, that's amazing. But with all these moves, there were other moves to be made in terms of people leaving. So Sky Bolt, obviously, I think he got sent down a while ago, but we don't have to see him anymore, not for a while anyway. With Jan Gomes coming, Garcia, he gone. I don't know if he was sent down to AAA, I don't know if he was released, but I actually haven't seen anything with him. I just know with Gomes here, that just means he's gone. I did not check what happened to him. I think he's in AAA. Seth Brown was option to AAA. So that is where the team's at right now. Tony Kemp, Moreland, Piscotti, Gomes, I think is the bench. Gomes and Murphy might be starting or flip-flopping between matchups. And then you now have a starting lineup of Canna, Marte, Loriano, Olsen, Harrison, Andrews, Matt Chapman, and Sean Murphy. That's a really good team. That is a really good team. Oh, man, I, I'm just saying all these players' names and thinking about what they did. I was not expecting it. I was not expecting it at all. I thought that third trade when they went out for Harrison and Gomes, I thought for sure was going to be a position player and a reliever. I was not expecting catcher to be something that they focused on. It's something that they should have focused on just because of the, such bad production we've had from that spot. But I didn't know if they would be addressing that because they've we've seen them call up Austin Allen. Last year they called up Jonah Heim. It's not something that they've really had to address. But you bring in a veteran who was just winning, who just won a World Series with Washington, just not or just as good of defense as Murphy, if not better. Maybe, it, I mean, he's a really good player, Jan Gomes. He's been around for a while. He's been on a lot of teams. He's been on a catcher for the Indians pitching staff, which had Bauer, Carrasco, Shane Bieber, and a lot of and some really good names there. He went to the Nationals with Scherzer, with Strasburg, and Doug Fister was there, and all these other veteran pitchers that have been there. So he, he knows what he's doing, and he's going to do a dang good job with these starters. Especially going to be huge for Jeffries. Especially going to be huge for Caprellian. And A.J. Puck when he comes up. Someone that's been around and someone that you can trust. I'm very glad that Jan Gomes was here in time for Dalton Jeffries' start. If I remember correctly, his start last year was with Jonah Heim catching. So two rookies, he gave up, I think, seven runs in an inning. May, may not have made it out of the first inning. A grand slam, I'm pretty sure. Just a really bad outing. But now you are pitching to someone that was just catching Scherzer and Strasburg in a World Series. you got to be feeling confident with what he's putting down. So that's huge for the pitching staff to bring in a guy like him. Josh Harrison, Starling Marte, not only their high batting average, but their defense, their speed, how they play, their base running. It, this team is just more now more athletic. It's more deep. And you have Pinder coming back. So it kind of seems like... I don't know if you're going to get rid of Piscotti. I don't know if it's going to be Kemp, but I think that those are the two likely guys. I don't think you can really get rid of Mitch Moreland. You need to have a lefty other than Matt Olson, that, that, especially now that Seth Brown's not there. It, you can't just have Tony Kemp and Matt Olson. It needs to be Mitch Moreland. And with Pinder coming back, it seems like he could play the outfield, so Piscotti would be getting some... Rupp's taken away there, but Tony Kemp's also been playing outfield, and Pinder can play anywhere on the infield. So, 
it's definitely going to be tough. Maybe they'll option down a pitcher. I'm not sure who that would be. It's definitely someone in the bullpen. They already optioned Sam Mole, and I, they have... I don't know. It just seems like everyone on this team right now, other than Piscotti and Kemp, are pretty much have roles on this team. A good, solid role on this team. Tony Kemp does have, I think, did have a good role on this team, and then they just got Josh Harrison to come in and do it better. Stephen Piscotti had a pretty decent role on this team with Seth Brown platooning in right field. I mean, no production, but the idea of the righty-lefty, you now have Starling Marte, who hits 300 against the league. You get rid of Seth Brown already with Pinder coming back. Maybe, I'm not sure who has options. I know Pinder doesn't. I don't think Tony Kemp does. I don't know if you're going to DFA a guy like Tony Kemp just because of how versatile he can be on defense and off the bench, especially in the playoffs, not with the bat, but on the base paths, playing defense is where you need a guy like him. But you have Josh Harrison, but he's going to be in the lineups. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. If Chad Pinder was a little bit more athletic, I think maybe a little bit faster, it wouldn't be that hard of a decision. You'd probably definitely keep Pinder, but Tony Kemp does have a little bit something, I think, that a little bit more flair. I don't know if that means anything, but Tony Kemp, when he does get on base and when he does make a good play on defense, it is, it is exciting. I will say it's exciting. It just doesn't happen often when it comes to him getting on base. But the defense is solid. Chad Pinder's defense is solid. When swinging a good bat, Tony Kemp has a good approach, the line drive, the slashing. When Chad Pinder's going hot, he's hitting the ball out of the ballpark. So take that what you will. Two struggling offensive players who could play very good defense. Tony Kemp a little bit faster, but I think that could be the move. Or it could be Piscotti. Also, I think that might just make more sense based off the fact that they're both right-handed. And Piscotti with the A's 270 his first year, 27 homers. And then I think his first year with the Cardinals also 270, 20 plus homers. So you know what he can do when healthy and playing consistently. But as a fourth utility player, a fourth outfielder on this team, maybe a fifth outfielder on this team, I think that Pinder would be the guy to stay. I really feel like Pinder has the edge over Piscotti. So, I don't know, but I like both of those guys. But at the same time, they just brought in three guys who have been doing it better this year. And with the A's and how their franchise has always been, it, it, it's just, it does not get easy. It does not get easier to keep seeing these players leave, especially Steven Piscotti and everything that he's been through in Oakland. It's kind of, I don't know, felt like Oakland and he embraced Oakland. I mean, it's his hometown. He likes, he loves being here. A's fans, I think, like Steven Piscotti, the, the man, not necessarily the player right now. But I guess overall, that's probably what's more important anyway. Um, he's just struggling this year. Hasn't been able to be healthy the past two years. Not playing consistently. He had a couple big grand slams. Maybe actually two big grand slams last year. One against the Giants, one a walk-off. Was pretty exciting, but just hasn't been doing it consistent enough to, I think, maybe keep a spot on this team, which makes me pretty sad. But I guess that's that's how it goes in baseball. If you're not doing I mean, what, what have you done for me lately? And for Steven Piscotti, not a dang thing. So that that might be the move that the A's make in terms of uh, with Pinder coming back. But also the bullpen uh, I could be someone in the bullpen. But you, you never know. You never know. We'll just have to see. Pinner's probably not going to be back for another week or so. Last time I said that, I feel like I saw him playing the next day. But I'm, I'm just saying what I hear. I'm just saying what I hear, and it seems like it's at least going to be another week. So it's, two, it's about 2 o'clock right now for me. About, what is that, five hours away from this A's Padres game. I'm excited. I'm very excited for this series. It's going to be Blake Snell versus Manaya. The A's crush Blake Snell last time they saw him. His ERA this year is over five. That's got to make the A's feel good. Tomorrow you probably got to feel good too. A day game. 
Joe Musgrove, he's been pitching pretty good this year. But, I mean, you just got to be feeling good with how your team's been with the new team. I mean, that's exciting, and I feel like at this point, unless they have a stretch of bad games, this team is probably going to be there, and they're going to be pumped, and they're going to be ready to go. So I'm not super worried about it, but Joe Musgrove is having a really good year. 7-7, seven and seven, eh, 2-9-4 ERA, whip under one. So those are pretty good numbers. Thursday, another off day. And the Twins will be playing the Astros, the Mariners, the Yankees. Mariners-Yankees series is going to be big. If the Mariners win that series, I guess let me restart. The Yankees will pass up the Mariners. If the Mariners lose that series to the Yankees, or if it happens where they get swept, Mariners are done. That's what I think. If the Mariners win that series, I think that they could fight. They could hang around for a little bit longer, keep feeling good about themselves. But I think what's going to happen with the Mariners is what's going to what happens every year with the Mariners is that eventually their run differential and all these one-run games are going to catch up to them, and they just traded their closer. You're winning all these 1-1 games and you just trade your closer. Makes no sense to me. I think it's going to catch up to them. I think that's the Mariners are probably... Let's so let's see. The Mariners are 57-50 and 50 right now. They might win. I'll, I'll probably give them another 20... They might win close to 80 games. They might be a 500 team just because of... I don't know. The Mariners are always such a weird team. They... Their run differential is super bad. It's just all these one-run games. And they, they just hang around. They just hang around and don't go away until the end of the year. That, it'll happen. I just want it to happen soon. And then the Angels, to me, are just... It's, it's just embarrassing. They've scored more runs than the A's this year by a decent amount. The A's run differential is plus 52. I think that's how many runs the A's have been outscored by the Angels as well. And the... Angels' run differential is minus 46. So the Angels can't pitch at all. And they did a pretty decent job against the A's other than that last game where they gave up eight runs. So when you see that, it's just... It's very frustrating. And then as soon as these guys get here, the very day the lineup is full and what it's going to be like for the rest of the season, if healthy, you score eight runs. You get a series win, ones that you haven't had very much of recently. And you have to be feeling good about that. Why? I mean, I feel good about it. They feel good about it. They have to feel good about it. Everyone is feeling good about this team right now. Everyone gets here. You score eight runs. Your whole starting lineup has a hit. Your bullpen. No runs given up. You didn't even have to use your closer. The guy that is first major league start. Second major league start. Gives up three runs in the first two innings. That's it. Other than the first three innings of that game, the Angels scored four runs in a four-game series. That That's pretty solid. <laughs> for the A's, anyway. For the Angels, that's, that's really bad. That's actually really bad. I don't think the A's have done anything quite that bad this year which I'm pretty thankful about actually that's actually really bad I guess I that makes sense if they, you get shut out the first two games you, you have a one nothing win and then you lose eight to three there you go four runs in a four game series that's not going to get it done and they and of course they won a game of course they won a game. The one game that the first game that the Angels score a run in the series is the one day the A's don't score a run. That's that's frustrating. It's frustrating to lose a game like that. You shut them out twice, you turn around, you lose one nothing the next game. Oh man. That was that was tough. But the quick turnaround, that's what I like about the day games. It gave me all yesterday to think about it. Gave me all giving me all today to think about it. All Sunday night, all yesterday, all today, this is what I'm thinking about. I'm just thinking of, I don't, ugh, man, I am so excited for what this team can do the rest of the season. This team has potential to make it to where I think that the team that they have right now, I don't know if it's better than last year, but I think how the season was going, 
and what they just did to bring these guys in. I think that they could have kind of like a giant-type season. I don't know if this team is good enough to win the World Series just yet. It definitely is good enough to win the World Series if they're playing well. I don't think that if anyone's struggling, everyone has to be going. If anyone's struggling, if, rota- if something's just not right that day, I think that they'll lose to some of these playoff teams. But if they get hot, I don't know who's going to beat this team. Their rotation, one of the best in the league. Their bullpen now, one of the best in the league. Their lineup has potential to be one of the best in the league. They're clicking on all cylinders. It's just about production. You got to produce. They're 60-47 and 47 going into a Padres game where you have Manaya, catcher who's been pitching the best for you all year, who just pitched six innings, nine strikeouts against them last week, no runs. You got to think the Padres will be ready, but you're back in Oakland. These guys, these new guys that you bring in are here for the first time. Woo-wee! I'm excited. Playoff baseball's around the corner. Before these trades, I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, I'm just ready for football season to start. But now, hold up. I'm ready for football. It is right around the corner. But be a little bit more patient. Live, live in the moment with the A's. They don't go out and make some of these moves like that very often. So when they do, to me, the last time they did, oh, made a big splashy move the trade deadline Lester Cespedes that offseason they blew it up I'm not going to think about it but it's definitely also looming in the back of my mind that that could be a possibility but as of right now they have a game at 640 they have a game tomorrow at 1237 that will be going on when this comes out so probably won't listen to it till after and then you have the three-game series against Texas. Another off day on Monday. And then you play the Indians, who just didn't get rid of a lot of people, but they're not the same team that they were. I think they're kind of realizing where they're at this year. And they're 52-51. and 51. So after this little quick two-game set against the Padres, another off day, three against Texas, Another off day. I think three against the Indians. Yes, three against the Indians. And then another weekend series against Texas. So you have four series after this Padres series against teams that you should kind of beat up on. Texas, the Indians, and then Texas again. And an off day on Thursday and and next Monday. So... You think that Pender should be back pretty soon. Caprillion hopefully could be back by with these off days. This all comes in. You know, you don't. They just have played a couple more games than some of these other teams that they're chasing. So hope that on these off days, get a loss sprinkled in from the Astros, from the Yankees, help this team out. That's all you can ask for. You just. The off days are huge with the, with some of the injuries that they have because I think that it gives them a little bit of more time to see and kind of think about what they're going to do with Caprillion. Well, you know what they're going to do with Caprillion. He'll be back. Jeffries will probably be optioned back down unless he has a phenomenal outing. Phenomenal outing. Maybe you keep him up for another start, put him in, give another starter a day off, put him in the bullpen for a little bit, add some length to that bullpen. Then you start his clock, his... His MLB service time, he could have, he could meet the qualifications to be a rookie. But if he helps your team, and you have to bring him up maybe a year more sooner to be a piece than you wanted to, then so be it. Because I think that there is still one hole on this team, maybe one and a half, and that is for a playoff team. Uh, Another bullpen, they, I think they need another bullpen piece to be able to rely on in close games. If, say, you know, uh, playoff game situation, your starter has a rough three innings, gives up five runs. Their starter gives up four runs. So say you're down, you're down by one, third inning. I don't know if I really want to see Deloitte Guerra. It just kind of makes me nervous. I think that 
someone else to step in would have been nice. Insert Jeffries possibly in that role if he could get a groove going. AJ Puck possibly. So I think that they'll figure out that. And then I think that with Seth Brown being sent down and the struggles that he's had, even though he was playing very well recently, not <laughs> compared to what he was doing, he looked like a Hall of Famer from that month stretch that he had, stretch that he had. And the left-handed bats. But with the team that the A's have right now, I mean, if you just have bringing guys that can hit, I guess it doesn't matter. Harrison, Marte, they can hit. Murphy, he hits better against righties, I guess, than he does lefties. So there you go. I guess you don't need to do that old Josh Allen type thing. And for lefties, Jan Gomes is hitting 360-plus against lefties. Against EFDs. He's hitting over 360 against lefties. You'll put that in probably just about every time. So whenever there's a lefty on the mound, probably going to be Young Gomes, unless it's the day game after a night game or whatever. But there's going to be a lot a lot more lineup changes. <laughs> That's all I can think of. But the more players that they've had, I don't know if they have had a lineup the same, like the same in consecutive days and... That still may not happen. They're bringing in a lot of versatile guys that can play all over the outfield, all over the infield. It's a very exciting time. It's a very exciting time. So that all being said with the A's, I usually like to end the week with who would like to, who I want to see step up, who would like to step up, all of them would like to step up, who I want to see step up. Matt Chapman. I wasn't going to say anything, but... Just real quick before I leave. If Matt Chapman can get hot and go back to his form of two years ago, this offense can't be stopped. 270, 30-plus homers, 30-plus doubles. The year after that, I think even 250-ish, close to 40 homers, over 40 doubles. That's If he could go back to that kind of production, kind of like what, we, what Chris, Davis, Chris Davis gave us, that's a tongue twister. What Chris Davis gave us in the playoffs last year, kind of have a little resurgence, kind of back to two years ago. If Chapman could do that, get hot at the end of the year, this offense can't be stopped. It won't be stopped by anyone's pitching staff. It would be too great. It would be too great. And Chapman needs to step up, not who I would like to see step up. If this team wants to make a deep push, if Matt Chapman can get hot, this offense can't be stopped. So, Ace fans, that's what we need. Matt Chapman needs to get hot, and this team will not be beat. Have a good day, folks. I'll talk to you next week. Go A's.